So I've been sharing my organization journey. I know a lot of my friends are trying to like purge their homes, especially during COVID because there's nothing else to do right now. So absolutely. I thought this was like perfect when I got your email. I was like, oh, this is like awesome timing. Great. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Awkward Mom Stage Podcast, a podcast where Lola, that's me, a millennial mom talks to friends about life, motherhood, and everything in between. Every Wednesday, I bring you topics that we all struggle with, whether we're a parent or not. Every stage of motherhood is awkward. Whether you have one kid or six, you're a dog mom, or you feel like your partner's mom, things can get messy. I'm for sure an awkward mom, navigating all the growing pains that come along with millennial mom life. Feel stuck in an identity crisis? Feel like your life lacks direction? Goals feel distant? Well, you're not alone. Tune in every Wednesday as I go through the crazy coaster called life with you. This podcast celebrates motherhood in all forms for exactly what it is, awkward. I'm your host, Lola Nicole. Grab yourself a glass of water or wine, whichever suits your day, and get ready because the awkward mom stage starts now. First, I will have you introduce yourself and kind of tell everyone who you are and what it is that you do and how you got started. Okay. Well, just to give your listeners a little bit of backstory, my name is Lori Palau and I have a company called Simply Be Organized that I started. Oh my gosh, it seems like a hundred years ago, but I think it was like two, it was officially 2009 when I started the business. And, And originally, and I guess I should actually say on a personal level, I'm a mom. I have two bigs. I have a 17-year-old and a 20-year-old. So I'm okay. in a totally different season of life than I'm sure a lot of your listeners who are juggling, you know, little ones and homeschooling and all the things. So, and I'm married to my husband. We've been married for going on 23 years. So okay. that's a little bit about us personally. I started my business in 2009 and for me, It was twofold. So it was started as an organization company to help people go to help people go in and declutter and organize their space. So it was really about the physical stuff. And from the entrepreneurial perspective, I started that business because my husband traveled a lot and I was kind of the primary caregiver. And I wanted to be able to find something that I could. I hate the word balance, but that I can integrate with my life, right? I can integrate being a present mom. My kids were in, I I was kind of like blended. I did the stay-at-home mom thing. I worked. I had kids in part-time daycare. I had all the things. And for me, I really wanted to build a career that allowed me to have a flexible schedule and do something that I felt passionate about. If I was going to be taking time away from my family, I wanted to do something that I felt really compelled to do. Right. And I saw in my own life this, you know, I hate to sound hokey, but like this organizational journey of what the freedom of feeling like I was able to control so much of your life that is really out of control. And I think we all see that. Yeah. And so that's how my business began. But over the past 11 years, it's really grown and evolved into looking at clutter and organization more than just your stuff. And so a lot of the stuff that I talk about in my book and on my podcast and in my teaching is about 
what I call kind of like the psychology of clutter, the why behind this stuff, because if we can get to the root of it of what's causing it, what are the pitfalls, what is happening to us, then we can start to take action. But sometimes we're so in it and we're so busy with dealing with the day to day that we don't take the time to step back and reflect. So what I try to do is help people kind of slow it down and walk through that with them and then give them practical actionable strategies so that they can avoid the shame and the, you know, self-doubt and I'm not measuring up and all the things. Right. Yeah. I think just having clutter is like a, cause you have so many different kinds of clutter. Like you have like people that collect like things and trinkets. And I know my grandma had like one of those like China cabinets. Oh yeah. She had like all this stuff in it. And I was just like, why? why it's just so big and bulky and it's just everywhere so yeah I think like tidying up is the thing that especially now with like millennials and the younger generations they're really seeing like we don't need all of this stuff like where are we going with all this stuff it's so true and obviously we're at a different generation even though I'm like I'm like oh my gosh I'm so old but I I'm a Gen X you're millennial a lot of your listeners I'm ass- I'm assuming are millennials and I've right. done a lot of work and I even like early on in my podcast we did an episode and it's probably relevant enough that we should bring it back really looking at the difference between generations because I think there is some there is definitely nuances between where people place their value. And that's right. really a lot of what it has to do with, where you look at the stuff that was handed down from generation and people came from depression era and you had to kind of hold on to things. And it'll be interesting to see as kind of this next generation post pandemic grow up and kind of where we place our value. Do we place it on time? Do we place it on experiences? Do we place it on material things? Where do we place our value? And that's really what a lot of organization really comes down to is I tell people it's not really so much about the bin or the basket as much as I love like looking at that, you know, Pinterest porn, you know, closet. It's really about the freedom of feeling like this is giving you control and you can think and you can easily find what you're looking for and not be clouded by all this stuff. But right. a lot of times the older generation, I'm not trying to stereotype, but they take comfort in that. They take mm-hmm. comfort in that clutter. And so again, that's where it kind of goes back to where, what's your goal and what are your values? Right. I think for me, I had to really take a look at, I just did like a whole decluttering of my office because I literally, I had like, I had to buy racks to like hang my clothes on. I had so much stuff. I was just getting stuff. And I was like, okay, but I haven't even touched some of this stuff in like two years. But there's always that thing in the back of my mind where I'm like, oh, well, what if that day comes where I'm like, I needed that plaid yellow shirt that I wore three years ago and I've still got it in my closet. And my friends are just like, okay, but when have you ever needed X, Y, and Z. Like you don't need any of this stuff. You haven't touched it. You didn't even remember you had it. And it makes me think about my kids. Like when I clean out their rooms and get rid of toys that they haven't played with in years, as soon as they see it, they're like, Oh, I've been looking for that. I need it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, do you though? Like you didn't even know it's missing an arm. Like you didn't even know that it was in there. What are you talking about? So I think that's just the thing of like, I need this. It's mine. I got it. And now I just can't, I can't let it go because I, it's an ears. I feel like it 
it makes people feel irresponsible or ungrateful if they're like, oh, I, I'm getting rid of this. And it's like, yeah, but I think they're going to understand. You've had it for eight years. I don't think they're going to be upset. Well, I and you bring up a really interesting point. So I talk about three big three main types of clutter, right? I talk about the physical clutter, which is easy. It's the stuff that you see. And that right. could be clothes. It could be dishes. It could be laundry. It could be mail. Like physical stuff is easy for us to wrap our heads around. When people think you say the word clutter, that's immediately what people kind of manifest. Yeah. But what you're talking about is really what I call the emotional clutter, which is which stems primarily from either guilt or fear. And it could be guilt because you spent a lot of money on something or you spent money on it and you're not using it. So it's right. guilt and we hold on to things out of that guilt. Or it could be guilt that my kid made this for me and I feel guilty. I feel like that is a reflection and I would be a bad mom if I got rid of that. Right. Or the fear, the fear of what if I need it? What if I, what if there comes a time where my kid has Hawaiian shirt day and right. I don't have that Hawaiian shirt? Like right. what happened? And we tell ourselves these narratives that make it really, it roadblocks us from being able to take action. And so much of what I do is kind of walk through, you know, a sequence of kind of questions and prompts to kind of get you to the point. Because I think what so many people think is, you know, to me, it's all about changing your, your mindset and, right. and it's, it's getting to that point where you feel good about that decision. Because once you start to see the progress that you're making and recognize that most of the things, I'm not going to say all because there's always that like one exception to the rule, but most of the things that we get rid of, we could either easily replace, you know, or it's fixable. Right? right. Most people don't do things because they have this fear of making a mistake. I see emotional clutter with mail all the time. I have so many people that come to me that talk about mail problems where they either have a filing issue or their office or they just don't know what to do with it. And a lot of that just comes from that indecision where people don't want to make a mistake. Innately, right. we want to make right, like good decisions. And that's awesome. But sometimes we put this unexpected pressure on ourselves. And at the end of the day, it's just stuff and, and talking through, okay, so if it is Hawaiian shirts, I could, I borrow one from somebody if it is, you know, what's the worst that can happen of if I don't have it and talking right. yourself through those scenarios. And at first, it's a lengthier process, but the more you do it, it's like muscle memory. You start to make your decisions quicker. And that's the thing with people is I think they start to see that progress and that momentum. Right. What? So is that kind of your, would you say like your number one thing that people come to you for like mail or like what's no, the... It's interesting. So the, the third type of clutter, I just want to kind of mention that just in case people are like, wait, she only mentioned two. So the third type of clutter is what I call calendar clutter. And calendar clutter has to do with, hello, busy moms. I mean, again, not just moms, but it's wearing all of the hats and right. doing all of the things. And whether, because I have a lot of people that are like, I'm really organized, but I don't have time. You know, my I'm constantly running or constantly doing a million things, or I have to go to the store 10 times because I don't have a system or strategy that's nailed down. So you're just constantly on this hamster wheel. And, you know, I think when people come to me, a lot of times it looks, it it's manifested as physical clutter. 
right? right? Which makes sense. But when you peel back the layers of, okay, really we can, we can clean the space, but if we don't get to the root of why, like what got you in this position in the first place, you're just going to want it back there. Right. So it's just like saying you're going to work with a personal trainer and you're going to follow their plan and you're going to, but you're just going to do it. You're not going to really think about it. And then as soon as like, you know, you do a detox, say you do a detox and you follow it. And then as soon as the detox is over, you go back to your old eating habits. You're right. just going to put the weight back on. So it's really about kind of understanding. And so what I try to do with people is really just kind of work with them and say, you know, understanding with their habits and their behaviors, because I don't want to change people, but if there's something that's not working or that's kind of broken in the way you're doing things or you're a mom and you're doing everything for your kids and they're like 10 and 12, well, then maybe we need to learn some strategies of getting other people on board and delegating and things of that nature. Right. Do you love reading? I do too. But we all know you don't always have time to sit down and read a good book as a mom. Well, I solved that problem with Audible. I've been using Audible for the past four years and it's been amazing. Audible is perfect because they offer books that are narrated by professional voice actors so you can listen to them while driving, cooking dinner, or doing anything else that's going on in your life. It's like having a personal assistant who reads to you whenever you want. Think Diddy and his umbrella holding manservant, but with books. And with their new update, they also have podcasts, sleep meditations, and much more now. So there really is something for everyone. You can click the link in the show notes today to sign up. And the best part about Audible is it doesn't cost you anything to start. You get your first 30 days, first book free, no strings attached. Plus, all of their books are DRM free, so they aren't locking them away from other devices, which means once your membership expires or you cancel, any audiobook will still be yours forever, even without an active subscription. Just download them again anytime from anywhere from the app or the website. They have over 180,000 titles available and I'm sure that number is going to keep growing. I listed some books in the show notes as suggestions to get you started. I've already read four books this year thanks to the Audible app. So go get started on that reading list, but let's wait until after the show. Yeah, I had to learn about delegating because I was doing like everything. I felt like I was here, there, and everywhere, and constantly moving, but then I felt like I was never finishing all the things I needed to get done, and I'm like, what is happening? Like, this isn't right, and I had to, I was doing a lot for my kids who are, they're 6, 11, and 16, so they're old enough to do their own stuff. I just, I'm like, well, I do it better and faster, so I'm just going to do it anyway, and then you end up doing 9 million things when you could have told your 11 and 16 year old to help with x y and z and even your six-year-old i have friends who have three-year-olds who clean so i'm like yeah "Yeah, i definitely need to start delegating i'm doing way too much yeah and i think for moms there's a lot of times there's this expectation and i and i like i said i've worn both hats i was a stay-at-home mom for a while and i was a working mom outside the home as well for a paycheck right and i i think for and I, i can only speak for myself of course but I know for me, when I was a stay-at-home mom, like that, like that was my job. So to me, I felt like I need to do all these things. And I think for a lot of times people feel like that's what their worth is and that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. And 
this is, so I do all the cooking. I do all the cleaning. I do all the laundry. I do all the scheduling. I do all the shopping. I do all of the things. And what I say to women all the time is if you think of yourself as the CEO of your house, right? You're running this corporation, whatever it is. So I'm running Palau Industries. Like literally that's what I'm like. We're running Palau Industries. The CEO doesn't do all the jobs. You have people that you delegate things to, that you outsource to. There are things that you're good at and there are things that you're not good at. Right. And not that we can always pick and choose. There's plenty of things that I do that I don't enjoy or plenty of things that I do that I'm not super great at that are necessary kind of evils. But as soon as you can start to teach your kids or and empower your spouse or look to see where you can kind of focus in on the stuff that really matters and say, okay, if my kid doesn't make their bed the way I want, or they don't fold laundry the way I want. If I can teach, if you could teach your six-year-old to fold laundry or even put their laundry away, like you're ahead of the game. Right. So those are the things that sometimes it's slower at the beginning because again, you're talking about taking that time to teach. And a lot of times we're like, we don't have time. I got to get this done. I got to get moving. And I've been there. But when you can take that, hit that pause button in the, in the short term, it's so worth it in the long run. So a lot of times I'm working with moms to say, okay, where are you? Like, Let's talk about the exhaustion. Let's talk right. about the fact, like you said, I know I'm busy. I'm doing a million things, but nothing's quite finished. Right. Yeah. And that that was it's funny you mentioned laundry because that was actually one of the things I delegated was having my kid out fold the laundry because they, they do this weird thing. I've shown them nine times and they ah. do this weird foldy <laughs> thing. So I'm like, okay, I'll fold it, but I'll have you put it away. So that's one less thing that I have to do now. So now they can put away. I mean, my oldest knows how to fold her own laundry and everything, but my younger two, they're still kind of yeah. iffy with the folding. So I'm like, well, I'll fold it all up. And all you have to do is just carry it in your room and put it in your drawer. So now they, they've been doing that. So that's been helping me out a lot. Yeah. And that's great. And I think, again, it's important. And there's certain things also, and I was just actually being interviewed on another show last week. And I was talking about the little subtle changes that we can make in even our language where there's this notion. And one of the things that moms often will come to me is how do you get your kids to do chores? How do you get your kids to do these things? Right. And one of the things is it's super subtle shift, but it makes a big difference is changing the language from chores to responsibilities. Kids like ownership. They do. They like having responsibilities. They like being in charge. Remember, as a kid, you always wanted to be older than you were. You always wanted to be that next step. Right. And so giving your kids responsibilities, and really it's a, just a subtle little shift, is knowing that there are people that are depending on me. There are people that are depending on me to do this job. As opposed to a chore, nobody wants to do chores. And right. even if it's the same task, it's just how it's presented to you can make a big difference. And especially for little kids, like especially for that like six-year-old that really wants like, this is your job. Like your job, your job is to take a Clorox wipe and wipe down the counter. Like that's your job. And you make it sound like it's exciting. Trust me, a five-year-old will do that and be like, look, I did my job as opposed to making it seem like you have to go and do that. And so little things that parents can do. And what that does is by freeing up these little, little pockets, it 
allows you to have more margin in your life to do the bigger organizing things that kind of fall on your shoulders. Because when we're so busy dealing with all these little odds and ends throughout the day, we don't have time to focus in on like, you know, people go, I would love to get to my fill in the blank attic garage basement, but I don't have time to do any of that because I'm so busy doing all the day to day. Right. Yeah, I think that now, because I, I don't know if you've watched them on Netflix, but like they have all the organization shows. So of like, of course, I've watched them all. <laughs> the home edit, I think uh-huh. it's Get Organized with the home edit. Yep. I am obsessed with that show because I just, I love, I love organization. Like it's funny because I love organization, but never feel like I'm organized in anything that I do. But like, I love the look and feel of just like, an organized room because I just did that with my office and like seeing it at first you're just like oh my I'm never going to get this done like there's too much stuff I'm never going to get through it and then when you finally get through it you're just like oh this looks amazing I'm so glad I did it so yeah I think that's with organization it's becoming like a thing where people are like oh this this does feel a lot better and a lot freer and I have more space and more room and I don't have to worry about so much stuff I think we realized we had so much stuff when we moved across states. We left Florida and came to Georgia and we at the time only had a three bedroom in Florida and now we have a five, but we had like one of those gigantic Penske trucks and we filled that thing from front to back, top to bottom and still left stuff behind. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we have entirely too much stuff. Like there's, there's no reason why we have enough stuff for a five bedroom home. But we only have a three. like. Yeah. And there's so much. It's, it's And you bring up an interesting point because a lot of times people have this feeling. And I'm not saying that you did, but people will start to really like look at what they have when they're right. when they decide that they're going to embark on this pro on this process or it's nagging on them that they feel like they need to. And then all of a sudden there's this like level of shame or embarrassment or like, what did I do wrong? Like there's something wrong. Like, how did we get here? Kind of how did we get here? And again, you could like, I, I could, you could say the same about like eating. Like I'm always like, Oh my God, how did I put on all this weight? How does this happen? And again, it's all these little things that we, that we, that we accumulate over time and it happens. Right. And so organization it's an ongoing process. Decluttering right. is an ongoing process. I always tell people, I wish I could say like, here, here's your magic pill. Like it's never going to get that way. But we go through seasons of life. You have kids that are in different stages. Stuff is going to be reality in my world, right? Like I'm not a minimalist. I definitely, as I've, especially as I've gotten older, my kids have gotten older. I've accumulated, you know, we go through different seasons of our life and there are going to be times where we're just going to have a lot of stuff, especially right. when you have little kids and they have things and that's okay. And not to shame yourself for it, but just to kind of work this into your, like make it a constant thing. Like we don't have to do it every second of every day. But if you say we're going to do this a couple times a year, we're going to do these deep purges, you know, when the seasons change or whatever, you're in Georgia, you probably don't have big seasons, but you know, you're going to make these different, um, small little habit changes within the family. It prevents it from getting so out of control. Right. Yeah. I have Florida, ha- Florida doesn't really have any seasons. They have like one, which is hot all the time, but <laughs> hot and hotter. 
Right. It was just mainly, there wasn't really any seasonal times that I cleaned. I just was constantly cleaning something. And then I feel like when we moved to Georgia, since, I mean, we have slightly different seasons, like a winter is a little, and fall, fall is my favorite season. So fall is around the time where I kind of go through all of our summer stuff and try and get rid of all of that. Like we had a my son found like a, a three toddler t-shirt one day. I was like, you're 11. Where does that even <laughs> come from? Like, it's just, we have so much stuff. And I think seasonal declutter is, a. it was great for me because just looking at all my stuff and being like, well, how do people organize this? Do I just have to pay somebody to come in here and do it and snap their fingers? Cause I don't even know how I'm going to get through this. It was definitely like kind of separating my tasks. And just being like, okay, I'm going to do this room today and that's it. I'm not going to stress because sometimes I would like just bounce everywhere. Like the Energizer Bunny, like I'm in the kitchen, I'm in the bedroom. I'm So I was like, okay, no, we're going to pick days and we're going to pick rooms and we're going to go in that room, get that room all done. So that's all you have to focus on and then move on to the next. And I feel like that helps me a lot with staying on task and being more organized. Totally. And I think that's a, a wonderful strategy. And I tell people that all the time because we have the tendency to do that is we start in one spot and a lot of the rooms in our homes are organic, right? They right. float in and out. So the kitchen floats into the laundry room or the mud room or wherever it is, you know, and then you have things that move and you move something from one spot to another and then you wind up going down a rabbit hole in that room. So can I, do, can I, do you have a few minutes for me to give like a quick actionable, like, strategy for people. Yeah. Yeah. Some tips would be great. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I definitely believe, like you said, I start in one space and I always tell people if you are somebody that struggles with emotional clutter, or you know that you struggle with decision fatigue and you really are like, I don't know, should I get rid of it? Should I keep it? And that's something that stresses you out. And you know that about your personality because some people, and I do a lot of work with personality and and clutter, right? Because I do think there are some people that are just easier to process process things and make decisions and other people really struggle with it more. So right. if you know that you're somebody that struggles with making those decisions, two spots that are easy, low-hanging fruit to start. One of them is the bathroom because, and the other is pantry or wherever you keep your food. And right. the reason why I recommend starting with either of those two places is because they both have expiration dates. So okay. take the decisions fatigue off of your plate and know if something is expired, I have to get rid of it. So if nothing else, you're just getting rid of things because listen, there's everyone's got that old bottle of something that expired in like, you know, 2015. Like yeah. it's okay. Like we, and, and so it's just inevitable. So start there. So start if you're not, if you really are struggling with kind of like, I don't, I, I I don't know what to do. I'm going to indecision is going to be a really big thing for me. Start in either of those places. The second tip I want to give people is when you are navigating through, and I talk about this in my book, there are four piles that I make and I do this for every room in the house. And this is something that you can teach your kids. So there are four piles when you're going through your stuff, you want to have a keep pile. And usually, you know, right off the bat, what you want to keep, right? You have your donate pile, which is obviously anything that's in good shape that you don't want to keep, but you right. want to pay it forward to somebody else outside of your home, right? You're not donating it down to a kid. You're just 
donating it out. You're giving it to a charity, you're giving it to a church, you're giving it to your friend, your sister, whatever. So you have your donate pile. Then the third pile is your recycle pile, which is fancy way of saying you're trash, but it could be recycle. So that's the clothes that are torn or whatever, or the Barbie that's broken or Mm -hmm. whatever. So then you have the stuff that's not worthy of donation. So you have those three piles, like, you know, the trash easy, you'll know the stuff that you're, you know, you might not know the donate and the keep stuff, you know, you're like, yes, this is my favorite shirt. I'm keeping this hands down. Right. And then the fourth pile, and this is the pile that a lot of people don't really factor in. And this is what causes decision fatigue is what I call the recycle. I'm sorry, the relocate pile. So you have your keep, donate, recycle, and relocate. And the relocate pile is stuff that you're going to keep in your house, but you're not going to keep it in the space where it is. So this Mm -hmm. is, you are, let me give you some examples. So there's some examples would be my kid outgrew this, but I'm going to hold on to it for my next one. Okay. So I'm going to put it in a bin and I'm going to put it in the attic guest room base, wherever you store your clothes. Right. But I'm not going to keep it in current rotation because we're not wearing it now. Another example of relocate is this is like a memory thing. Oh, this was my kid's christening gown or my kid's first pair of shoes, or this was my kid's first Jersey that they, whatever you want to, but they're not wearing it. They're not using it. It's a memory. So you have a memory bin for your memorabilia, your keepsakes, and you put that in your memory bed and depending on, and I have a whole like teaching series on memory stuff of where you can keep that, but wherever you designate your memory bin to be, but not in that current rotation space, you have that. Another type of relocate is something really simple. Like my kids were fighting with Nerf guns and I was in my bedroom and I grabbed them and I shoved them on the top of my closet. Right. And then six months later, you're organizing your closet and you're like, oh, there's two Nerf guns here. (laughs) Then you can decide, you can decide, are we pitching the Nerf guns or are we relocating them back to the playroom? Okay. So the relocate can be a few different places, but that's a big one. And what happens is when you have the freedom to know where things go, a lot of people indecision, again, like I said, and this goes back to your emotional clutter, is people don't know what to do with this stuff. Right. So a lot of times we'll clog up our spaces with stuff that doesn't need to be there because we don't know where else to do with them. And it really goes back to that whole, every place should have a home, but that's such a big broad stroke statement where a lot of times you're like, yeah, but where should that home be? It doesn't always make sense because not right. everything fits into the, you know, utensil drawer. Like it doesn't always fit into that nice, neat box. So what do we do with those things that don't fit in that nice, nice, neat box? So that's it. Your four piles. Yeah, that's, that's actually really good. I, I, I do something like that for me when I, cleaned out my closet I did just a well I guess two piles I did like a donation pile and then I did my keeps which they Mm -hmm. just stayed on the hanger and then everything that I was donating I just put it in a pile so I could put them all in bags so I kind of separate things like that and then I do kind of like I do it with shopping too so that I don't shop too much Mm -hmm. I will if I keep going to something multiple times when I'm we'll say when I'm shopping I'll see something and I'll be like, oh, I really like this. If I continue to look at it and I'm like, how often am I going to wear this? How often am I going to use this? And if I keep kind of like thinking about it, by the time I'm done shopping, I'm like, okay, I already have like a pile of things where I was like, eh, do I need it? Do I not need it? And then those usually go back on the shelf. 
And then I end up getting what I actually am going to use and need it in the first place. So I kind of do that with clothes and books and everything else as well. I'll do that now where how often am I going to use this? Mm -hmm. How often has it been since I've used it? And then I kind of go with, I guess I'll get rid of it now. It's been two and a half years. I don't need it. And then with tack, like with paperwork, I normally will wait like a year. If it's like tax kind of Uh stuff, I'll wait like a year and then I'll get rid of it. I have like a kind of a six month pile, like a, a trash pile or recycle pile and then a six month pile and then like a one year pile. And that's really decreased my amount of just papers everywhere because <laughs> I just I try to do the email or the paperless billing mm-hmm. for everything but they still send you bills sometimes so I know <laughs> and and you know and again each of these could be its own separate episode right like we do an episode on mail and all the things I think that the greatest thing is I love the fact that you are thinking through these strategies and that's really the thing and just to go kind of go back to the other thing that I think of because I'm not a clothes shopper like I couldn't I, that's not my thing but I right. like stuff for my house like I'm like oh that's a cute tray or that's a cute bowl or that's right. a cute thing And I always add on, like when you say, you know, when am I going to wear it or how often am I going to use it? I'm always like, where am I going to keep it? Where is it going to live? And so that's another thing, because a lot of times people will buy things and be like, I really like it. And I get it. You like it. And especially if it's inexpensive and you're like, oh, it's only $10 or $15 or whatever. But then you get it and you're like, okay, where am I going to keep it? And then you wind up, that's contributes to the whole clutter factor because you have, again, more stuff than space. And so things that we think about. Another quick strategy or another quick quick tip that I talk about, and you mentioned it because you were saying you were keeping the stuff on the hanger, is that's fine. And again, if that works, great. I don't ever want, if someone's got a system, I'm all about like, and it's working for you, great. But one of the things that I do is I like what I call my ESP, my organizing ESP, and it stands for empty, sort, and purge. And you don't have to like people go empty. You have to empty the whole garage. No, 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 no. You don't have to empty the whole garage or the whole kitchen or even the whole closet. What you need to do is you need to empty that section. So if you're starting, and I always tell people, if you're really overwhelmed, start with the drawer empty the contents of the drawer gives you a blank slate to work with because a lot of times we're going to reap some, depending on what, what you're reorganizing, you might repurpose it and have that drawer function as something else or that shelf function as something else or whatever. So I empty it, clean it out and then figure out what do I need? What purpose is this space serving me? What do I need to do and how How do I need it to, how do I need to lay out? If it's a closet, do I want to hang? Do I want to fold? Do I need more shelf space? Do I need to add things here? Do I need to add a double hang? Thinking about that. And then once you have it emptied, then you sort into your four piles and then it makes it easier to purge. Okay. So with Simply Be Organized, do you go into people's homes and organize as well? Yeah. So I have a few clients that I do see. So I'm based in a small little town in Pennsylvania and that's where I'm based. So I personally see a few clients. I okay. also have a network. It's called the SBO Partner Program. So if you go to my website, which is simplybeorganized.com, and I'm sure you'll link up to that, is I have a network of professional organizers all over the country that all own and operate their independent companies. They're, they're not employees of mine, but they're endorsed by me. Okay. They are 
people that are passionate about it. So if you are in Georgia or you're in Nebraska or you're in California and you're listening to this and you're like, I really need a professional organizer. I don't think I can do this by myself. And I want somebody head on over to my website because we've got people all over the country that roll up their sleeves and come on over and work one-on-one with you. What I do a lot of times now is I do a lot of speaking and teaching. And I recently just launched a course all about understanding the personality and clutter. And so that we do that through the lens of the Enneagram, which is a personality assessment. And it talks about really your motivation, not just your behavior. So the why behind what you do. And so that helps you. And we walk through in the course, it's a digital course, but what I do is walk through the three types of clutter that we mentioned. I go a little bit deeper into some of the clutter pitfalls that people fall into, kind of why they do what they do. And then we start to connect the dots between different types of personalities and how different strategies that will work with people that struggle with decision fatigue or people that are really stressed out. Cause if you've, there are some people that might be listening that go, Oh my gosh, being around clutter gives me anxiety. And then other people are saying, I could walk by, you know, I call them the clutter blind people (sighs) and they just walk by a sink full of dishes. And it's not just kids. It could be adults as well. And so what I get a lot on my show, what I get people, you know, emailing me or calling me about is I'm one way. My spouse is another way. How do we get on the same page? There's all this frustration and resentment. And so what I do is kind of walk people through different strategies based on kind of where they are. Okay. So it's, is it kind of like the home edit where you go in and they kind of tell you what it is that they, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to, if you were to kind of make an analogy of some of the shows were definitely more home edit. Okay. That would probably be from a personality style and approach to things is definitely what we do. I love a pretty bin and I love a pantry. You know, I love making things super pretty, but we also work with people that don't have the budget to necessarily bring in everything, you know, from the container store. I mean, we love doing that, but I don't want people to think if they don't have a large budget that that means that they're doomed to not get organized. And there's a lot of strategies that you can do even with a smaller budget. But yes, I would say if you want to try to connect the dots, it's probably the closest analogy to us. Okay. I always wonder that like if the people that are doing the organizing, like do you have, are are the, does everyone want like the bins and everything or is that, do you teach them ways to kind of organize in what they already have? Yeah. And I think it really depends. And that's one of the things that myself and all of the SBO partners do, even during our initial intake call, when we talk to people is what are your goals? What are your goals and what are your budget? You know, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? And some people want that beautiful, everything's decanted in acrylic and clear and beautiful. And other people are like, listen, I just need to declutter my space. I just feel overwhelmed or I need a better system. And understanding that is the first step because we want to meet people where they are and what's important to you. And I have people that are like, no, I don't want that. I'm not going to switch out my hangers. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put my cereal in bins. I'm not going to do it. And I'll ask people like, they're like, I want that. I'm like, okay, but are you going to do it? 
And it's not as a punishment. I'm not like, but I say to people, you don't want to add to your clutter. Like right. organization, you know how many times I've walked into people's houses and there's like an organizing bin graveyard where <laughs> have this temps. And again, this isn't to poke, you know, point fingers or, or make fun of people, but you get this, like, I'm going to buy this and it's going to solve my problem. Right. And I tell people all the time, it's just like buying this like great pair of running shoes and saying, this is going to make me run. I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to run a 5k. <laughs> but if you don't have the strategy of how you're going to do it and you're just like, you're going to use it once or twice and be like, this, this isn't for me. And then it's just going to end up as part of the clutter. So you got to figure out what's the likelihood I'm going to do these things and to what degree, you know, even if you're like, I'm not going to switch out my cereal, but we could still corral them in a bin and make them in a nice basket. So even if you're not pouring out six cereals and clear things, you could still have an organized space. That's really what we try to teach. I have an organizing graveyard myself, like (laughs) of stuff that I was like, these bins are going to fix everything. And I bought like eight of them and I came home and I put the stuff in the bins at first. And then you don't think about like the day to day, like, oh, okay, like when we take stuff out, you're going to have to put stuff back in it. You have to keep that cycle going. So then I just end up with like bins stacked within each other in a corner in the closet now taking up more space because I tried a new organization thing that didn't work. The other thing that I I like to tell people, and I, I always say, think about organization, not so much as about putting things away, but the ease of retrieval. How quickly can I access something right. when I need it? And that goes for clothes, that goes for toys, that goes for paperwork. The amount, the one thing, common denominator for everybody, which we all know is time. Yeah. And so what is going to save us the most amount of time in the long run? Again, we talk about, is it quicker, fill in the blank in a drawer, not think about it? Yeah, in the short term it is. But then when you need it and you're like, wait, I know I had it. Where was it? And then right. you end up going through and wasting all this time. And then what happens is people either wind up rebuying stuff that they already have, or it causes stress, anxiety. How many times have I yelled at my kids for where did just where did you put this or where is this? You know, I can can't even count on both hands. And so just thinking about taking that extra minute to have that system and develop it. And again, it's a learned skill. That's the right. other thing is there's all this sh- like shame that people put on themselves thinking that they should just innately know how to do all these things. Well, that's just not always the case. A lot of this, it's not rocket science, but it's a learned skill. And some people that are just naturally not as, you know, their brain just doesn't go through that procedural processing the way mine does. Doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It just means you never learned that yet. And so now right. I can teach it to you and now you know it. And now it's easier for you to follow. But when you're not taught something, you don't know what you don't know. Hey y'all, it's Lola here, host and producer of the Awkward Mom Stage podcast. And let me tell you, hosting and producing this podcast is not easy. I had no idea what I was doing and I still kind of don't. Don't tell anyone, but I don't. Buzzsprout has definitely been there to help me along the way from hosting to helpful videos on what to do, how to edit, where to go, how to get music, you name it, they let you know how to do it. And their Facebook community is even more helpful. So let me tell you now, 
If you're a podcaster or you're trying to start a podcast or you have a podcast and you're looking for a host, definitely check out Buzzsprout. They've got everything you need to get started, even a domain name if you don't already have one. Trust me, I'm no tech genius and Buzzsprout has definitely been my saving grace. So if you're interested, you can definitely click the link in the show notes and it will take you to Buzzsprout and they will walk you through everything you need on getting your podcast up, running and ready to go. Now back to the show. Yeah, I think a lot of moms, especially with Instagram and stuff, they see the perfect homes with the beautiful, clear containers of everything and everything's organized and labeled. And it's like, okay, guys, like they had someone come in and do that. She didn't wake up. Right. Like it's for Instagram. So that's not how her house looks every single day. I want you to know that. I had a conversation Real life story. Last week, I was at a client who's a friend of mine, and we were redoing her mudroom. And we did a bench seating for her kids with like kind of like locker cubby things. And underneath it, I said, don't do like shoe dividers because I don't like them and nobody sticks up, like keeps up with them. And so she goes, I really like those like copper boot trays. Can we get a copper boot tray for underneath the bench? And I, and I know her and I know she doesn't like to see anything. She doesn't like right. to see clutter. And I said to her, I'll, I will say her name, but I said to her, listen, I know what you want, but unless you have three pairs of shoes on that copper boot tray that are all placed perfectly, you are not going to be happy with that. And she right. starts laughing because I go, you're looking at a picture that has three things on it. And of right. course, if that's, I go, you have, you know, two little, you know, two boys that are like, third and fourth grade. They have muddy sneakers. They have this. We need to do some like cool baskets with cat, you know, like bins. We did, you know, this industrial like crate thing for them so they could be hidden. But I said, you have to look not just for what you see, but think about how is this system going to actually play out in my life? Whether it's a closet, a pantry, like you said, you're going, oh, now we have to maintain this. Right. And you don't want to make the maintenance more work. The maintenance should be the seamless part of it. And if yep. it has to be work, then it's probably not the ideal system for you. Right. I think, yeah, I think that's definite. That got me a lot, like the seeing the houses with like the perfect everything. And I'm like, oh, I just really have to get on my game. Like I'm not, I'm clearly not standing up to mothers nowadays like they have these beautiful organized homes and i don't have these clear containers i bought all these like, oh, clear stop. cereal containers there's no cereal in well i think like two of them have cereal in it and it's because it's my cereal the kids don't care if it's in a clear acrylic thing like they're no. just pouring it out of the bag like we don't care if it's organized and, and for me it's more important my my personal philosophy on this is and for anybody out there listening it's more important that you teach your kids the independence and say, get your own cereal, like be right. able to get your cereal and put it away than putting it in an acrylic bin. Like, yeah, if they could do all that. Like I did that because that's what worked for me. And I knew that I wanted to do that. Right. But if you can just get your kid to take a box of cereal and make themselves breakfast and put it back and put their dishes in the sink or dishwasher you're winning, right? Like that is winning parents. Yeah. And that is not always Instagram worthy. You know, I, I thank God that my kid, like I didn't parent littles during Instagram. 
You know, Instagram didn't even exist when I started my business, which is like crazy. There was no Instagram and there was no Pinterest. So think about even just marketing my business. It really had to be about how clutter makes you feel. And that is so much of what I teach is, yes, the beautiful stuff is clearly a byproduct. And we all feel better when we're in an organized space, no doubt. But it's about how it makes you feel, not so much about if you have to yell at your kids to put stuff in a clear acrylic bin, then what's the point? Right. You know? It's just more more stuff you have to do. It's and more. Like, okay. another, right. It should or I always tell people organizing your space should not be another thing on your to do list. Right. We're organizing so we can remove things from your to do list. We want to take things off of your plate, not add another layer to your already like overflowing schedule. What's the biggest thing that you see with some of your clients that they get and they don't necessarily keep up with or they ask you to help them with, but they don't keep up with? That's a good question. I would say I actually and I'm not trying to like get out of this. I have to say for the most part, my clients are pretty good at keeping up because we make the systems really I I customize the systems to make sense for them. Like I ask them, like, how did your family function? So yes, there's certain principles that are kind of like across the board. Like I teach like the organizing ESP and the four piles, like that goes kind of for everybody. That's like the method, but figuring out what works for each family, I try to make it so it's so intuitive to what they do that they keep up with it. But I will say refreshing, like Common spaces like a garage that Mm -hmm. go through that have like multiple functions or basements, like larger spaces that have like double duty. It's like we're it's a play zone and a tool zone and a lawn care zone. Things get easily get commingled together. So I think when you have spaces that are like kind of clearly defined for themselves, it's easier to keep up. But when you have stuff that's like common areas that kind of a lot of cooks in the kitchen, right. that's when things just fall off the wagon. And the beauty of kind of the way that I teach people is I encourage people to do maintenance. Like you're, again, you're going to go through different seasons and things are going to literally and figuratively seasons of your life. And your spaces are going to have to morph with you. They're not always going to stay the same. And so just being proactive and saying, I'm going to do it depending on the space and your bandwidth, I'm going to do this every six months, or I'm going to do this every three months, or I'm going to do this space once a year. And it doesn't right. have to be the same amount of time for every space. You don't have to say, I'm going to declutter, or I'm going to do my entire house all the time. You could say, I'm going to do the garage twice a year, because that's when I have like, you know, two big shifts. Right. And I'm going to do my closet every six months, but I'm going to do my kitchen, I'm going to just do a little bit of the kitchen every month or something like that. So you can play around with the frequency that you need to do things based on how much of a wear and tear goes into those spaces. Right. Yeah, I think that is a hard thing is once you get the routine, like you have to stick to it. And for me, it was hard to stick to certain things because I was like, it looks great for that person or it's working great for Susie, but for me, while it looks beautiful when it's done the first time, it's not going to stay. It's not going to stay that way. I'm not going to keep up with it. So I need right. to find ways 
that I can organize that it still looks nice. It still looks clean, but I don't have a lot of extra stuff that I then have to put stuff in to then make my space look organized. Yeah, the whole point, and again, who are you doing it for? People right. that are doing it on Instagram are doing it because that's their job. And I always tell people, you have to think about who are you doing this for and what are you trying to accomplish? And the other thing I want to mention also is a lot of times it's also about accountability. Getting that person, we are the, you know, as much as we say we know as moms, we need to put our oxygen mask on first. Right. Nine times out of 10, we are the last people to do, you know, we're the first ones to cut our own self-care or our own needs first to put forth for our kids or our spouses or our jobs or our friends or neighbors or whatever. And as much as I come from a huge place of service and I love serving other people, sometimes it's to the detriment. And yeah. so having that accountability partner and that accountability partner it could be professional, I mean, for sure, but it could be a girlfriend. It could be somebody else. It could be, you know, whatever that looks like for you of saying, I'm going to have that check-in. You know, I'm going to have that check-in once a month with somebody of, you know, or every three months, I'm going to have that professional organizer come in and do a, help me with a sweep of what's working, what's not. Like, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Right. So do you have with your program, is it yeah. more of you kind of go in, organize, help them organize the space and then that's it? Or do you see them no, again? I or? No. So we have maintenance. We okay. have, we, we, I'm a big believer in, in ongoing maintenance because again, like I said, our needs change, our spaces change. And so the way that we work with our onsite clients and we could also can adapt this virtually, but I think that there's there's value when you can have people with you in your space. And that's right. why I developed the partner program, because I can only be in so many places and geographically, you know, somewhat handcuffed. So not that I don't hop on a plane, but again, most people don't want to have to do that. So you want somebody right. to spy. So that's why we developed this partner program so that we could have trusted people who really, really care about you and are there to support you. So what I do is I do what's called an organizing diagnostic where we okay. come in and we look at your entire space. So even if you called me about your closet, I'm going to say, listen, Lola, let just, as long as you're comfortable, like think of me as like a doctor, I would say it's like HIPAA. I'm not telling anybody about what we see. This right. is, you know, there's no shame and embarrassment. Let me see your whole space, how you live, because it's really telling when you see spots where people are, you know, disorganized or struggling with clutter to see other spots that they also struggle and other spots where they are thriving. So for me, it helps me to understand like, okay, they're thriving here. How come this is easier for you to keep up and this is struggling? Right. So when you're looking at something that's strictly siloed, it's like going to a doctor and saying, I have a headache and they're not looking at all of your and they're just treating the headache, you're not really getting to the root of the problem. And right. so the first thing that I do is kind of get a holistic look at how you're living in general. And then we can focus in on the area that's your biggest pain point. Sometimes we'll even say, okay, that's really not where the root of your problem is. The root of your problem is, you know, in this spot, and that is a, that's, you know, manifesting in your other space. So we'll kind of unpack what the best strategy is. And then 
we can give a proposal to do, I, I do what's called a, a roadmap, like an organizing roadmap for people. So right. the DIYer, I can give you a custom roadmap of these are the steps. This is what you would do. We could do accountability calls and you can do it. If you're the type of person that says, I can execute this on my own. I just need somebody to tell me what to do. Right. We can do that. But then what the majority of people do, and we started only doing on-site organizing, but then we had people that budget got in the way. And some people said, I really, I, I, don't, I need to take a slower pace. So that's why we developed the roadmap. But then kind of really what the core business is, is going in there and doing like the home edit, right? Okay. So you're going in there and you're working with the person to determine what to get rid of. That's really the biggest part where the homeowner needs to weigh in is the homeowner needs to weigh in on what are we keeping and what are we not? Because we don't want to get rid of something that right. has sentimental value that to me looks like trash, but this was like your great grandmother's, you know? So that's why we work with you through that, that four four pile process and as much as you need to. And then you can go on your merry way. We talk about kind of what's your aesthetic? What do you want? Do we want to recycle bins that you have? Do Are you the type of person? That's when we kind of unpack. Like, do you want to change out all your hangers? Do you want to put everything in bins? Do you want to use what you have existing? Are we bringing in product? What are we bringing? So we talk about all that stuff. And then we, it's totally turnkey. We do all the shopping. We put it all together for you. If there's donates, we get rid of it or we coordinate it. If there's furniture that's depending on your space, we'll order it on your behalf. We basically project manage the whole thing. Oh, and wow. yeah. And then and then we walk you through it. We walk, then when you're done, we walk you through your space and we say, this is, this is what we did. This is why we did it. And this is, you know, how, you know, this is how to maintain it. And then what we do, depending on the client, we always do a check-in call, you know, how are things going? Right. We encourage people and depending on the space, again, the frequency is going to be different, but then we build in for let's do a six month maintenance visit where we come back for a day, what's been working, what hasn't been working, kind of tweak things. And again, for larger spaces, maybe we do a two day maintenance, but we depend and then we do that. And then people can say, oh, I'm good. I'm maintaining it. Or I kind of really fell off the wagon. Things happened, life got busy, whatever. And we kind of get them just adjust it and pivot it to get them back on track. So they never okay. fall back where they were when they originally called us. Right. So I know that I know on TV, they like speed everything up and yes. everything doesn't happen in yes. a day. So yes. how long does it actually take to organize someone's space? So again, it's going to depend on how much clutter they have. So it's going to depend on a few factors and it's okay. going to depend on the size of your space, right? You're talking about a master closet. That's a reach in a master closet. That's a huge walk-in a pantry that, you know, a big kitchen versus a small kitchen. So obviously the size of the space is going to, going to determine kind of a little bit from a time perspective, but more importantly, it's going to be the volume of clutter. The hardest part or, the most time consuming part is that first part is right. the cluttering, 
So you could have a huge, large kitchen that doesn't have a lot of clutter and people go, I don't really have a lot of clutter. Everything is here, stuff that I use and I need. And I did all that. And then it's really just coming in there and assessing the best layout of making sure the flow, you know, like you have stuff zoned properly Okay. and you decide what products you're going to need. So that would be, you know, a couple hours to do that. Then you have the shopping and then you have the installation. So you could be, that could be like a two day job. But if you have a lot of clutter, then you might need to spend an entire, I work in like session blocks. So it's okay. like a five, four to five hours and then people start to max out. Right. So you could say you could have ent- spend an entire session block or more, depending on how much clutter you have just doing the decluttering part because people, the first thing is people always want to talk about product because it's fun and it's pretty. And that's, people think that that's going to, you know, it's like buying a pair of jeans and all of a sudden you think your butt's going to look great in it. And it's like, okay, well first we, maybe we need to like lose a little weight and then the bottle, then you'll look good, you know? So it's, it's the same thing is the product isn't going to make it. It will absolutely enhance it, but we got to, peel back to see what we even need. And so the more that people can do on the front end, the easier it'll be. But I think it depends. You know, my average jobs are, I would say, like, for one space is like, probably like three sessions, maybe a session of like, decluttering and kind of rotating around and then maybe two. So it could be like two to three sessions is like an average for an average room, you know, and that's not a larger space, obviously like a garage or a basement, but like a, a normal space, I would say. Okay. Cause I always wondered like, okay, so do they like go in in a day and like, I just point out some stuff on a thing and. Well, it depends. So like my DIY options is, is a day I come in and we walk through it. Okay. And, you know, so that's a few hours. I, you know, I do it at an intake call, then we go through it. Then I come back and behind the scenes, I'm putting together like a whole written roadmap for you. And then I deliver it. So that's just like, you know, that's just a few hours of your time to get the the information and then I do stuff behind the scenes and then the delivering. I think what, and you bring up an interesting point because obviously what they don't show on TV is all the behind the scenes stuff. Right. And, you know, and I love the home show. I'm not knocking them at all. I think it's great. But again, I work with an assistant as well. So I always have two people on site, but they had all their assistants that were just bringing in product. Most times, if you know that all that stuff is done behind the scenes, so you, okay. homeowner, doesn't see that. So I'm doing that behind the scenes. So you might see me for I only might be in your home for one or two days, but I'm working on your project offsite, shopping, okay. researching for another ten hours that you just don't even see. But by right. the time come in. So I don't have to, we try to work as efficiently as possible with our clients and minimize the amount of time we have to be in your space so that you can like live your life. So we try to do as much measuring and assessing and inventorying and all of that stuff during our, either our initial call or that first visit so that we can do a lot of stuff off, you know, behind the scenes and then come back and make it all pretty and then just do a little tweaking here and there. Oh, okay. Well, this has been awesome. Like I could talk about organization <laughs> all day long. Like the, what's Me your, too. 
<laughs> I guess I guess I would say, what's your favorite store for organization stuff? So I would have to say, so for me, I love the container store because it's convenient because it has a lot. Yeah. Right? A lot at once. And it's also really easy for me to return stuff to them. So right. I can buy stuff and I can return if I, a lot of times with a client, if I'm not sure, I might have a few things. I'll overbuy stuff to play around with a few different layouts. And so then I know that I can return. So I would, I would probably say for me, I like the container store, but I also like to get really creative with stuff. I mean, certain, certain rooms I like to have kind of your staple traditional organizing products. Right. But I actually love, and this depends on your personal style, because I also like to bring in per- people's personal style. Like I like thinking outside the box and using like stuff from like a garden center or rustic stuff. So again, like just inexpensive, like milk crates or things that could be like super cool that, you know, rustic industrial metal bins, If depending on what your style is and what the right. space is. You can get really creative at all kinds of stores. So, but I would say if you're looking for like a one-stop shop, container store is great. And of course, you know, Amazon's easy and convenient, but again, you have to think when you're overbuying stuff, you want to think about the, the ease of returns. You don't want to be sitting because that's the other thing is you don't want people buying stuff and then go, I'm not using it. And then again, it just accumulating in that organizing graveyard. Right. I love I love the container store and at there's a store called at home and oh, I could I love just that. oh well I could yes, just live I in those could. stores. Well, I could too. And that's that I think yes. So they I think of those as more of the decor stuff, but yes, absolutely in terms of like and again, IKEA's got some really great inexpensive products. Like yeah. I just did I just did a home office renovation for somebody and the whole office including my time and the products and I did the majority of it from Ikea and I used at home and some TJ Maxx home goods like accessories, but the majority of the product was from Ikea and the whole office renovation for the whole thing was under $5,000, like everything, my time, the product, the whole nine. And it was great. And it looks like a million bucks. I did a bedroom and living room revamp with American Freight furniture and ikea furniture and it was literally like under i think i spent maybe two grand yeah in the living room and then maybe another thousand in the bedroom and that included like a new bed new mattress like everything so there's definitely ways to get organized for affordable uh, affordable prices Absolutely. There really are. And again, I think the greatest thing that I could tell people and I credit people like, you know, Marie Kondo with the art of tidying up and the home edit and all these other people that we've been doing this for a long time. But again, just bringing this to the forefront and making this as mainstream is that, you know, when I first started this business 150 years ago, it was either hoarders were calling professional organizers or the Kardashians. It was like two extremes. It wasn't everyday moms or busy professionals that were just, I'm overwhelmed. I don't have these strategies. I need a better system. Can you help me? It just wasn't as commonplace. And so, you know, now people are starting to feel this level of acceptance and not that, oh, this is something that 
isn't attainable for me. And that's really kind of what I want the message to be. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of, I think especially now a lot of people are like, Oh, I I can have a nice organized home. I don't have to be a celebrity to do it, but I also don't have to spend $9,000 because I feel like people think like if I organize my home, it's going to cost money. Like as soon as I said I was going to organize the house, my husband's like, how much is it going to cost? And it's like, okay, we're going to, we'll go through a budget and everything else. I tried to find the most inexpensive yet good furniture and everything to try and revamp and do everything that you want to do without having to spend so much. I feel like when people think organization, they instantly think like, Oh, Kardashian cookie jars. Like it's going to cost me. And I'll tell you right now, I'm so glad you brought that up. One of my favorite organizing hacks is clear shoe boxes. Yeah. Like clear, like those clear plastic shoe boxes. They are great. They're great for kitchen stuff. Like you could have like a little mini toolbox in there. You could have band-aids and first aid. You could put crayons or markers. They stack. They are inexpensive. You can label them. They are the most inexpensive. I mean, you could buy them at the dollar store for heaven's sakes. Like you could buy them, literally go online and order a case of them for, you know, next to nothing. And they are such a simple, inexpensive product. So yeah, I don't want people to think that you have to spend a lot of money. You can a hundred percent. You can spend a lot of money, but you don't have to. It's not an either or. Right. Yeah. I think for budget, more budget conscious people, it's good to know that like, oh, I can still have a nice space, but not have to spend so much money. And I think for me, finding ways to organize without having to spend money, because like I said, I had like an organization graveyard. So I already had stuff that I could use and I didn't have to go out and buy more stuff. But I feel like at one point I was buying stuff like I need these because they were I could see them they were like there in my eye line and then I had to be like okay wait no let's clean the space first see what we find and then we'll go and get stuff that we're actually going to utilize though because clearly we weren't utilizing the 13 clear bins that we bought three months ago that are underneath the sink now (laughs) yeah no but again there's so many people that are in that same boat and you know there is it doesn't have to be the way that you live, you know, whether you're, whether you're 35 or 55, like people can, these are, these are teachable skills. Like they really are. I'm not a rocket scientist, but (laughs) it is, but it is transformational to see the impact that it has in somebody's self-esteem and their motivation and their clarity when they are in an organized space and just their demeanor. And that's why I always say, and I say it in my book and I I talk about it all the time, clutter really has way more to do with how you feel than anything else. Right. So I'm really big on self-care. I'm trying to really implement that in my life and tell my friends that they need it too. So I always ask like a Poddex question. So today's question for you is where do you go when you need to blow off some steam? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, where do I go? I usually go for a walk. Like okay. I usually like I'm the type of person like because I'm kind of like big in the room. If you haven't figured that out, I'm always <laughs> kind of on the go. And when I'm like at the end of the, and I also have a tendency to have like a really sharp tongue. So I've, as I've gotten older, I've learned to temper that. And right. I 
when I feel like I'm at that breaking point, I will put myself in a timeout and literally just, if I could go outside and just go for a walk, it usually, I could feel myself decompress. I have to physically like leave the situation. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's me. I feel like as soon as I'm like, no, nope, no, nope, I'm getting too upset about this. I'm going to have yes. to remove myself. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel the tension. Because I'm going to say something that I can't unsay. Yeah. So I need to. <laughs> yeah. Walking is actually really good. I feel like I've heard a lot of people say that they, especially during the whole COVID and shutdowns oh. and stuff like that, walking was like one of the big things that people did to just kind of get away and escape from their current stress. So yeah, that's definitely a good one. I hear that walking. It helps with like endorphins and all the exercising stuff that I don't know anything about. Yeah, yeah. Well, it it definitely I will say it saved it saved my life. And again, with COVID, I you know especially last year when everything was locked down, like I was able to walk with my girlfriend who lives across the street from me, and it was like it totally re-energized. Yeah, know, just be able to do that. So uh, that's what I would. That would be my answer. <laughs> so this has been a great interview. Like I said, I could talk about organization all day long, but I'm sure everyone would like me to shut up now. <laughs> So I'm going to have, would like everyone to be able to find you so they can get some organization tips and everything. So now's the time for you to plug yourself. Where can awesome. they find you and get awesome. to know you more? Great. Well, everything about me you can find on my website, which is simply the letter B, like boy, organized.com. Just simply be organized.com. That's also my handle on everything. So you could just find me there. From my website, you can obviously connect to me on social. You can also check out my podcast. So for all the podcast listeners, my podcast is called This Organized Life. And we talk about all things from the practical stuff to just mindset and everything, meal planning, like all aspects of organization, like what makes up an organized life. So Definitely check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also get my book, which is called Hot Mess, Practical Guide to Getting Organized, and my new course, which is all about the Enneagram and Clutter. So everything is on the website. And feel free to give me a shout. Tag me on, after you listen to the episode, tag me on Instagram or wherever you are. I'd love to meet you. Awesome. I, I'm going to have to check that out because I, I need some meal plan, some meal planning tips. So that I can start, I feel like we eat out entirely too much. So like meal planning meal is planning. like, it is the, I was, and I just did it. We just did an episode. We had a, a vegan chef on and we were just talking about meal planning, but we, I look back on my analytics cause I've been doing my show for like four plus years. And anytime I do a show on meal planning, one of our, our most popular shows, cause everybody struggles with that. Yeah. It's like, what do I make? Nobody's eating this or I have 10 different people that want different things. So yeah, definitely. It's a super fun show and just very conversational like yours. So yeah, dinners are huge. Um, I, um, it's always, what are we eating for dinner? What are we eating for dinner? And then after you have that like 10 minute, what are we eating for dinner conversation? You're like, let's just, we're just going to get takeout. We're just going to go here. Like it always ends up. Us well, you're in out. Georgia. Do you have cookout? <laughs> you have, do you have cookout down there? Are you in, in Georgia? Do they have cookout? My daughter's in South Carolina and they have cookout. So I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked because we just got here. We actually got here right before the shutdown. So uh, we didn't even really get to explore the town. We got shut down in Georgia. Uh, we're like, oh, well, this is a great introduction. So we're still like learning, learning. 
restaurants and everything, but I'll have to I'll have to look well, that one up and see. Well, well, anybody in any of your southern listeners, oh my god, I love love me some cookout, and I wish yeah. I could have some up here. But yeah, it's a. Uh, Really good stuff. But it was such a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, this was so fun. I love these conversations with anything that has to do with decluttering and stuff. I always feel so like freeing. I watched Marie Kondo, uh, the tidying up with Marie Kondo. And I was just like, she's so calm and peaceful when she's tidying up. I just want to be around her all the time because she's so she I just want her to help me organize my life. But like the one thing that was one thing that I always was like, okay, so does everyone keep up with that like rolling technique that she does? <laughs> I mean, listen, I, everyone's got a different style, and I don't, and whatever works for you. But I think you know you got to find some things are just it's okay to have that. Not everything has to be super perfect all the time. Right. That yeah. I was like, I would never keep up with that. Sure, I can fit all 37 of my leggings in the drawer now, but it's never going to get rolled up like that well, ever again. As soon as, as soon as you as soon as you take a few out, then they all kind of fall over. So. Right, right. I was like, oh my goodness, these people are really dedicated with, yeah. with this. It looks great. It looks amazing. I just know that I will not keep up with it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, it has been so fun. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to listeners today and kind of tell us some more about your company and organizing. And I get to talk about my favorite stores and things that I love to do. So this was really fun. Great. Well, thank you. And again, anybody that goes to my website, if you are looking for a professional organizer and I'm not in your neck of the woods, I have, we have 30, five, I think currently partners in our awesome. program. So we've got people. And if you're in a spot and you don't see your geographic area listed, reach out to us because we probably know somebody and we can hook you up with someone. Awesome. Well, I will put all of the information in the show notes, guys, so you can check Lori out. You can check out Simply Be Organized. Let's get our lives organized together. <laughs> Thank you so much again, Lori, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. And everyone, I will check you guys out in the next episode. Thanks for joining me this week on the Awkward Mom Stage podcast. Make sure to visit our Instagram page where you can follow and find information on next week's show and any updates for the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast shows. While you're at it, if you're enjoying the show, I'd appreciate it so much if you rate the show on iTunes or share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday for an all new episode. I hope you're having an awesome week. Happy hump day. And always remember your beautiful Lola.